from the windows, doors, and more studios. Your one-stop shop for all your kitchen and bath needs. The Pat Miller Program. Whoa, whoa. 92.3 FM and 1190 AM. Depend on it. Hi, everybody. Right time, wrong day. Uh, usually about 24 hours ago, we would have gone to Philip Wegman of Real Clear Politics. They're in Washington, D.C. We had to slide it to Wednesday, but it's the same time. So we'll just see, is he better on Wednesday than he is on Tuesday? I'll bet he's not. We'll check and see right here. Uh, there he is from uh, inside the Beltway. It's Philip Wegman. Philip, good afternoon to you, sir. How are you? <laughs> Doing well, Pat. I'll do my best to be more exciting today. Yeah, well, you'll have to because I'm, I'm not going to. Uh, so um, so are, you at, are you at the White House right now or where are you? So I left the White House. Uh, I've got some meetings later this evening. Uh, things are really ratcheting up here with uh, the impeachment inquiry that the speaker announced yesterday. Right. Uh, we're, we're getting to a tipping point in terms of how the parties are getting along. And uh, don't think for a moment that the current impeachment push against President Biden is not also wrapped up in the way that Republicans feel that the former guy was unfairly treated. Right. Well, you know, and, and I'm sitting here looking at some things. I started a couple hours ago, I started the program talking about some uh, comments made by great constitutionalists, for example, pe- people like Chuck Schumer, um, who, <laughs> who, who made the point of saying, um, okay, so now this is just really ridiculous. This is absurd. This impeachment inquiry is off bounds. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not to go off and make these chases and make these witch hunts. Do these guys ever roll back the tape on themselves three years before? So I'll, I'll leave it to uh, you and your audience to sort of suss out their motives. But there is um, a long history of Republicans telling Democrats, don't do this because it will be done against you. Yep. We can go back to the Obama administration when then uh, Majority Leader Harry Reid went nuclear, which is the term for uh, basically using the nuclear option and lowering the threshold from 60 votes in the Senate to 50 for the confirmation of uh, federal judges. McConnell said on the floor, then Minority Leader McConnell said on the floor, don't do this, Harry Reid, because we're going to turn around and there will be a day when you're not in the majority and you'll be disappointed. Well, lo and behold, yep. uh, what did Republicans do when it came to judges when they were in control? They also went nuclear. They also uh, confirmed numerous federal judges and then Supreme Court justices uh, with that 50 vote threshold. Impeachment is very similar. Uh, Republicans did not believe that the charges against President Trump uh, during the first impeachment and during the second impeachment were with merit. They thought that it was overly political. And so now uh, a number of folks on the right, particularly, um, you know, Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene or, um, you know, House uh, Whip um, Elise Stefanik, they are saying, all right, well, the rules changed when Democrats were in control. They had a political impeachment, and so we're going to adopt the rules that they play by uh, now that they uh, have a, a president who is vulnerable. And that's that's more or less what is happening currently. And, you know, if, if my team is in the slight majority, I'm so happy for this. Because, yeah, we're going to play by the dirty rules, but they were their dirty rules, but now we're going to use them to make advantage for ourselves like they did. 
I just wish, and I don't know when and where it will happen, I just wish some part party, even though they're in power, will just step up and go, you know what? Let's go ahead with the 60 votes. Let's see if we can get there. And if we can, we can. And if we can't, we can't. But let's stop this yanking the American people back and forth across the line all the time. Let's find a rule, settle on it, and stay with it. I don't know that we have the gumption from either side to be the party to step up to the plate and to make that decision. And so you hear the White House, um, their allies will say, wait a minute, Speaker McCarthy did not hold a vote to begin this impeachment inquiry. What is he doing? And they'll note that the Republican speaker previously promised that such a vote would occur before an impeachment inquiry began. And so they say this is hypocritical. Well, what does McCarthy do? He turns around and points to the actions of then-Speaker Pelosi when they began the first impeachment uh, inquiry against Donald Trump. It's, It's fingers back and forth. And all of this, Um, in both cases, sort of obscures the underlying uh, arguments here uh, about whether or not the president did, in fact, um, commit, you know, high crimes and misdemeanors in both cases, whether it was Trump in Ukraine the first time or January 6th the second time or now uh, the impeachment inquiry that Republicans have launched with regards to uh, President Biden's son's business dealings. You know, I, I, I got the feeling we went through some of this on a couple of stories that came out of D.C. in the last, call it 36 hours, that the media and some others are now actually turning on Biden, that they're ready to say, you need to figure out what you're going to do with yourself because we don't think you can run for president again. You should not run in 2024. You've got people coming out with those kinds of statements in their columns, in their headlines. Um Is this real, real, or is this just hyperbolic real? So the column that a lot of folks in the West Wing read, and I don't know if it necessarily changes their opinions or their actions, is a Washington Post column. I think you're referencing the one by David Ignatius, where he says that Biden shouldn't run again in 2024. I think that this is kind of a parlor game. Because at this point, we are already knee-deep in the 2024 election. Republicans are having their own primaries. They're moving forward. And for Biden to step down and not run for president, which he has clearly um, expressed that he's going to do, would throw things into uh, tumult. And, And, you know, obviously the future is unknowable. Things can change. But, you know, whenever I talk to a source or an expert um, about what the Democrats are going to do for the top of their ticket in 2024, if they ever um, float the idea of Democrats um, rallying behind a younger candidate, my question then is, all right, well, how are you going to do that? Because the Democratic National Convention uh, Committee, um, the DNC, they don't have the political power that they might have had in the 1960s or 1970s, where guys, um, you know, in, in smoke-filled rooms could have, play an oversized influence. Instead, um, you know, if Biden steps down, uh, the expectation is that Vice President Harris would then, you know, lead the ticket. And there's there's some consternation on the left about her political abilities. All right, well, you know what machinery is in place to say to you know the, the second ranking democrat well you know the nomination isn't going to be yours i think it's it's a lot of wish casting from 
Democrats who were happy that Biden beat Trump, but are now worried that he might not have it in him to beat Trump a second time. And I don't think that there is a realistic uh, plan or path for Biden to step down other than, you know, if, if one day he wakes up and decides he doesn't want the job that he's wanted his entire life. Yeah, which, let's look, even if you're tired, even if your brain is not firing on all eight cylinders, that's an awful lot of wishful thinking that, that Biden is going to wake up with that thought in his head someday. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, uh, you know, we have not seen Biden as often as we have with other presidents. We, we certainly in the press, I mean, our bias is towards more access, more transparency. But by all accounts, he is taking the, the job seriously. Maybe he's not as energetic and, and maybe, um, you know, he, you know, abbreviates his day. But Biden is serious about his legislative uh, priorities. Biden is also, just like all of these politicians, obsessed with his legacy. And I don't think, based off of everything that I've seen thus far, that Biden is going to want to um, step away and basically uh, leave Democrats on a lurch ahead of 2024. I think that he's, um, from everything I've seen and the folks that I've talked to, I think that he's, uh, if anything, I think he probably cherishes um, some of, of this talk of, of people doubting him because, you know, he's looking forward to overcoming their doubts in his mind. Well, and, and part of this, too, is... I, I think it's not an easy thing uh, for Biden to walk away because everybody has said, well, then that puts the invitation straight out to Kamala Harris. I don't know that Biden wants to be the one to thrust Kamala Harris onto his party. I think he used her from an opportunistic standpoint. Let me get somebody that's young. Let me get somebody that's uh, vibrant. Let me get somebody... Uh, that is well-respected from the Democrats. Let me get somebody that's not from the New England area like I am. Well, she ticked all those boxes. It's been in practice where she is the one who now has become the the vice president of word salad, you know, where she can just talk all the way around the board all day long and not say anything and then wrap it up and look at you like, don't you get what I'm saying? And, I mean, Biden doesn't know what he's saying. There's no way he can figure out what she's saying. So, you know, I don't want to question uh, his motives when it comes to putting the vice president on the ticket with him. But already in the public record, um, there's reporting that there's bad blood between Biden world and Harris world stretching back to the 2020 Democratic uh, primary. Harris went after Biden when few others would. And and that rubbed uh, folks in the president circle the the wrong way. I'm not certain if the... um, Hatchet has entirely been buried, but I think that the more substantial, significant thing here isn't any personal animus. It is, um, you know, to your point, would by stepping away, Biden leave Democrats um, with a heavyweight champion who's ready to go toe to toe and take on all challengers? There are some doubts among Democrats uh, that that Harris has the political abilities uh, to bring this thing home. Otherwise. Um, you know, p- perhaps, uh, you know, this this would be more than just a um, column here or column there right. by the president's allies in the press. No, I think you're right. Well, Philip, there's certainly enough there for us to keep looking at it, isn't there? And uh, if exactly. everything goes the way we think it will, you and I at least will be together uh, talking next Tuesday 
uh, at this time to look at each other and say, yeah, I don't know what's going on either. So, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's it, it's it's a great game. I mean, it really is. And then you've got another whole whole sliver of Democrats that are saying, look, if worse comes to worse, how about this? Michelle Obama could enter the race. I mean, Michelle Obama could jump in, and everybody's going, "You got to be kidding me!" And my my answer to that is, "Why not?" Uh, you know, I think that with the Democratic primary, the reason why we had so many candidates run in 2020 was because after Hillary Clinton lost, and she was sort of the anointed DNC candidate, uh, the barriers to entry were so low that everyone was getting into the race. Right now. I think the fear for a lot of these potential, um, you know, challengers to the president, be it you know Senator Joe Manchin or or maybe uh, Michelle Obama, I, I I haven't seen anything other than sort of that whisper campaign that keeps getting momentum. I think that their fear is they don't want to challenge him, weaken him, and then make it easier for a Republican to be in the Oval Office. They don't want to be um, Ted Kennedy to Joe Biden's Jimmy Carter. But it, but it, but it's it's a tenuous act, isn't it? You walk the high wire, you know you need to pull the strings on Biden, but you don't want to pull them too soon. Yeah, and um, you know, I'll say this, I think that um, you know, I remember covering the 2020 Democratic primary and all these Democrats um, from some pretty well-established campaigns more or less said stick a fork in him. It's done. He had a poor showing in Iowa, a poor showing in New Hampshire, yep. and then he turned around and subverted expectations. This would not be the first time that someone counted uh, Joe Biden um, out, and you know, not just Democrats either. Remember, Republicans were saying he's campaigning from the basement, he's not all there, and then he had a pretty, um, pretty impressive showing against Trump in that, uh, in that Fox News debate with Chris Wallace and others. He was able to hold his own. So, you know, some of this talk... Might just be cheap. I think you're right. Hey, as always, uh, Philip, I appreciate very much your being here on a different day. Thank you very much for that. We'll look forward to next Tuesday. We'll see you then, okay? Thank you, sir. Podcasts by Federated Media.